Hello investors, this is Danny with Investorly. At the intersection of education and opportunity, we empower you to invest early. In episode 16, we welcome Randy Zuckerberg, an entrepreneur and NFT investor leading women into the Web3 space. We learn about her beginnings as an investor, her learning curve from Web2 to Web3, and how she is on the forefront of female-led NFT projects. To stay informed of our community-driven podcasts and receive our insightful weekly newsletter, subscribe at investorly.substack.com. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Randy, where are you coming in from today? I'm in New York City, so uh, exciting and one of the crypto capitals. I love it. Very nice. Well, uh, you know, we're obviously going, like what Mike said, we're going to dive more into uh, NFT crypto metaverse. But first, I want to start with you and your investing background. When did your investing career start and what was your very first investment? Oh, that's a great question. Well, actually, my first investment happened when I was very young. My grandfather was really into the stock market, so much so that when my parents would say, hey, can you read to your granddaughter? He'd sit there and read the stock ticker symbols to me. And so I actually didn't even know that words had vowels until I was like four or five years old because he would just read the stock ticker symbols to me. So I I basically grew up uh, investing. I remember asking if I could put my bot mitzvah money that I got into the stock market. And uh, I ended up picking Google as a stock to put it in, which was like probably my best investment that I've ever made in my life. So um, I've always loved investing and uh, I always just felt so um, frustrated that they never taught it in school. I felt like I wasn't really learning any real world skills in high school and all I wanted to learn was how to make my money work for me. And so I think that's guided a lot of year to date is educating women and trying to help women have more participation in that economy. That's great. And I can just imagine when you're in school, like you're in elementary school or something and you're at the vending machine and one of your friends is like, I want a Coke. And you're like, you know, KO's is down 0.2% today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was the kid who was like, no, you don't want to buy a Coke. You want to buy the company, like own, own that Coke machine. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, what? It's 50 cents. I'll just buy it. What are you talking yeah, about? They're like, yeah, they're like, Randy, stop bullying me. Like, I just want a Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Mike, go ahead. I think you got something. Yeah, well I, well, I have a lot, but let's uh, let's just uh, start with the investing we're talking about. You talked about Google. I'm assuming maybe your grandfather grandfather was maybe a mentor, but when you think about your investing style, and it's probably evolved uh, over time, obviously. How would you describe your investing style? Oh wow, I love that. You know, I've never actually thought about that, but um, um, you know, it's definitely as you said, it's evolved. Uh, I definitely tend. I think to feel more comfortable with risk than probably your average woman who's investing just because I have spent so much of my life on the front lines of Silicon Valley and startups. Um, And so I've learned to be very comfortable with investments that are in a riskier asset class. Uh, That being said, I mean, I'm 
all about, you know, whenever I'm talking to women about investing, I'm always talking about having a portfolio approach to investing, to really understanding your own risk calculus. But uh, I think that that's what helped me dive into Web3 and crypto so early was just kind of that sheer, not afraid of anything and, and jumping into that territory. Uh, the other thing I love to do of angel investing in people, um, that's guided a lot of my angel and it just ending philosophy over the years is I tend to back founders and awesome teams. Um, and so I've made a lot, probably over 50 angel investments because I've, I've loved the teams and the people. And uh, when I even when I invest in the crypto space, which we'll get into, I tend to invest in the project and the team rather than the art or a specific currency. Yeah, I love that you said that. And I do want to get into NFTs. I mean, I'm, I look, we both have NFTs as uh, PFPs. And you look around just this space right now, it's it's filled with, uh, you know, NFT portfolio, uh, you know, profile photos and stuff. But you said as you love angel investing and then thinking about being an, you know, an angel investor and investing in founders and teams, what is it that you think you look for or makes a great founder or potentially strong team? Yeah, love that. Um, I think there's a, a combo of two things that I look for. And there's no formula for this combo. But the two things that I'm looking for are passion, but also a willingness to dive into the data. Um, and it has to be the exact right combo of those two things, because you want someone that kind of has a blind enough passion that when the going gets rough, like they still wake up every morning feeling like this is the only thing they want to be doing with their life. Um, but you can't have someone who's so blinded by their passion that they miss what's going on in the world. They miss what their audience is telling them they want and the product market fit. So I, I really look for a founding team that has a strong sense of where they're going and purpose, but uh, are willing to course correct if the data that's coming in is telling them otherwise. I like that a lot, uh, Randy. And what are the a, a few of the key things that you look for before diving into a project? Is it is it something like tradition or maybe wine or something where it's like the story behind it? Uh, is it the conviction in the process or con conviction in the project? Is it the confidence of the team, the, the team? What are the, some of the factors uh, that you look for right before jumping in? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I've invested in a wide uh, variety of stories. So there's no kind of one answer to this. But I think the commonalities that I see are to invest in categories that I understand. Um that probably means that I'm missing out on a lot of great investments, but I think it's better to go deep in areas that you understand than to spread yourself too thin in your investing across things that you don't understand that much. So, for example, when I got into the NFT space, uh, my portfolio, I would say, is probably 95% women-led NFT projects. And that probably means that I'm missing out on a lot of awesome projects with male founders and all male teams. And you have to be okay with that because I know that I have a deep understanding of the women-led NFT space. And I feel comfortable enough with my deep understanding to know how to evaluate a project. 
in that lane. Um, and it took me a while to learn that as an investor, it is better to go deep in a narrow lane than to try to do everything. So uh, I think that that's come with experience and age and, uh, and life. But um, you have to be willing to get over that FOMO of missing out on things that are outside what you know. I completely agree. Well, let's Let's take it back just a little bit here. I, uh, I've heard you on some on some different interviews and you talked about your immersion into space was first, like many of us, like, wait, what is this? You're paying $20,000 for, you know, a picture of, of a cartoon or something like that. Now you're you're fully immersed into it. What was the day that you realized, uh, the kind of con- conviction day, you realized, oh, this is actually something, there's utilization to this, there's projects that are going to make it, and what was your first NFT purchase? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I mean, even just going back about six months, I remember sitting on a panel at NFT NYC week, and I didn't even understand half the words that my fellow panelists, I mean, I kept taking out my phone and trying to stealthily write down vocabulary words on my phone. And uh, they would come to me and I'd be like, oh, my fellow panelists summed that up perfectly. I have nothing to add Um, because I I just felt I felt so outclassed by their knowledge. Um, And that was really what motivated me to dive into the space. But my first NFT that I bought was a curious Addy. And um, I I was lucky enough to have a Zoom chat with Mai, who's the founder of Curious Addy and just one of the most exceptional women in the NFT space, a technical engineer and founder. Um, and she was so generous and kind to take time out of their mint. Like this was the days before their mint. And she took an hour on Zoom with me to walk me through the process because I had confided in her that um, I felt really insecure because I was sitting on all these crypto boards and I was doing a lot of crypto investing, but I knew nothing about NFTs and the world expected me to know a lot more than I did. And um, the kindness she showed me and the time that she gave, I think that was really what opened my eyes to how special the Web3 community is and how much more than art it is. It's about all of us understanding that we are at the center of a modern renaissance and um, welcoming others in and changing the way people think about the internet. And that was really the moment it clicked for me. I really love a lot of what you said. And I have a few questions because um, where you talked about we're at the renaissance, we're at a period like a, the modern day era of it. And and we do this every morning on the morning squeeze. I have a program about uh, based around the Little Lemons NFT project. And we bring together the community, talk about active participation. And a lot of people are getting in for their first time. They're, they're learning about NFTs. They're getting their first NFT. You said it yourself at times at NFT NYC, you felt out of place and then you dove in. What do you say to someone that's listening to this conversation and is in this space right now that may feel overwhelmed or not know where to go for the information? Like, where do you start? Yeah, it can. I mean, it can feel incredibly overwhelming. I mean, I've been in this space uh, a while now, and I still sometimes when I log on to Discord, I immediately like just have to close it again because it's like being in a chaotic Ouija board. 
basically. And uh, I, I mean, it's really a lot of this space is so chaotic, even for people that by now would be referred to as veterans in the space. So I think, you know, the one thing to remember is that we're all beginners together. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, I got asked to give um, a lesson, a virtual lesson a few weeks ago to 5,000 women to introduce them to NFTs for an event for this group called BFF, which is an awesome group onboarding women into crypto. And uh, I kind of said, I was like, are you sure you want me to do this? I've only been in the space a few months. Would you take piano lessons from someone who just started playing four months ago? No, you would never do that. Um, but in the crypto space, it, that's it's kind of considered OG to be in the space for a few months. So we're all learning together. Um, I mentioned uh, that Curious Addy was my first NFT. And that's actually um, the reason that that was my first NFT is because I think that's such a fantastic community for beginners to go to. So if there are any beginners out there that are looking for a good stop on their journey to learn more, um, that entire NFT community is designed around educating beginners in the space. So I'd highly recommend that. Um, the Meta Angels project that I've been really involved with also uh, is really uh, has at their core value mentorship and handholding people into Web3 also. So there are some fantastic beginner communities out there that you can find. So if you feel overwhelmed and insecure of other people who feel the same exact way who are there for you. Yeah. And you talked about community. And that's what I think you notice the most when it comes to this Web3 idea and the NFT space is community and the empowerment of others and the helpfulness uh, and the vibe, the positivity that comes along with most of uh, what you're seeing in this space. Brandy, you said something, though, that I want to go back and touch on about women-led companies. You invest in 95% of them. What do you think the main differences are between a women, uh, you know, founder, founded project, women-led team compared to men uh, leading the team? Like, what do you think the main differences are? Because obviously there's many, and I'm curious to hear from you what you see. Well, the first thing, I mean, I, and first of all, I mean, I just want to acknowledge there, I mean, there are incredible projects that are being run all over the space. I just happen to have a focus on women-led projects because that's been my passion for over a decade is bringing opportunity to women and teaching them about investing in new financial vehicles. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm in no way saying that anyone's better or their projects are better, but that's just my passion area and my lane in the space. Um, um, a few things that I will say, though, are that women have been so left out of traditional financing models. Uh, when you look at, you know, 2% of venture capital funding is going to women. Uh, it's harder for women to get meetings. It's harder for women to unlock capital. And suddenly we have this world where women don't have to beg permission from venture capitalists to finance their company. You can, in a few weeks' time, build a community, have a successful NFT drop, and suddenly you don't need to raise a dime from anyone else in a traditional format. And so I just think that women have a lot less to lose 
because we're just not getting opportunity anywhere else. And so you're seeing incredible creativity, innovation, leadership from women in the space, because I mean, where else are they going to go? And uh, that's been, I think, the most exciting thing for me to see is that suddenly we're operating a space where there are no gatekeepers. There are no bosses. Like we're all on level playing field and we all have the same access to these financial tools. That's great. And, and it is kind of a dismantling of, uh, well, a couple of points I want to make. It is kind of a dismantling of um, hierarchy of what uh, of what we traditionally know, but it's also uh, a kind of dismantling of your own education and, and our own education. Maybe you have a, a finance degree. Uh, actually, I just talked to Mike about this yesterday. Like he has a finance degree. He worked on well, all these other things. He's very immersed in the stocks. But when it came to NFTs, you had to relearn and retrain your brain into kind of a different mechanism, I guess. And it's funny you say like, oh, I've been in it for six months. And that's, it's so new that that's now, like you're now a veteran in that when, you know, if you if you said, oh, I went to uh, college for six months for finance, people would be like, wait a second. Um, <laughs> but if you've been in NFTs for six months, you're, uh, you're well ahead of the curve. But I want to keep it going when you were speaking about women in the space. And you've long been an advocate for, uh, women promotions, uh, getting women in, in examples, yourself being in an executive role uh, and starting your own empire. Talk about some of your ambitions when it comes to women in STEM, which is uh, science, technology, engineering uh, and math. Um, can you expand on that? Absolutely. Well, you know, I spent so much of my early career. I was on kind of the front lines of web two. And so it's exciting to be, to find myself back on the front lines again, because uh, I was just telling someone the other day, you know, I, I feel the same energy, the same buzz, except I'm kind of older and wiser enough to appreciate it this time around and kind of treat myself with self-care during this, this process. Um, but uh, the main difference between what I'm seeing right now and what I was seeing 15, 20 years ago when I first entered the space was that when I started at the start of Web 2, I was pretty much the only woman in every single room that I was in. And uh, I loved what I was doing. I loved being on the front lines of creating that new Internet. But I, it deeply frustrated me that there were no other women at the table. And so uh, I really set a point to kind of to dedicate the rest of my career to opening as many doors for other women as I could. Uh, what I quickly realized is that there were really two points that we lose women in these spaces. We lose them around the time of entrepreneurship because women don't have community and mentors and funding the way men do. But even before that, we lose girls at around eight and nine years old. That is the moment that girls turn away from math and science. And so um, I spent a lot of time working in children's media, actually. As soon as I learned that stat, I developed uh, a children's book series called Dot, a television series. I did a touring um, girls in STEM workshop that we took around the country. And uh, recently, in recent years, I've come back to focusing on women in that later stage of entrepreneurship. But the crypto world has been so exciting to me because this is a chance for us to get in on the ground floor. If we miss it, we're going to be having those same conversations five years from now of how do women catch up in crypto. But right now, we don't have to be having those conversations because we can get in on the ground floor. And that's what's so exciting to me. 
you know, I, I don't want to be too forward, but it's kind of pioneers like yourself that are, uh, you know, changing the whole landscape of, of multiple industries here. But uh, is there something that you maybe do daily or weekly that is that is something that that kind of pushes that agenda forward? And, you know, for many women that are listening now and, and when we release the podcast, they might they might feel as uh, something inspirational for either their own industry or their or their career path. Oh, gosh. You know, I think people, first of all, they might be disappointed at how normal and boring my life is. I have three young children and we've just come out of two years of a global pandemic. So uh, there's, you know, behind the inspirational uh, figure that you might see is a whole lot of vodka and a whole lot of tears. Um, But I will say that uh, one thing that I wish I learned earlier in my career that I've really tried to double down on lately is uh, I spent a long time searching for that one mentor who would help solve all my career problems. You know, that person 15 levels above me. And uh, I wasted a lot of time because I never found that person. Whenever I found someone who I thought might be that person, they were either too busy for me or I'd finally get them for coffee and they would end up picking my brain social media for an hour and I would end up mentoring them. And so, um, you know, it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized that actually my very best mentors in this life are all of you are all of us sitting next to one another, learning together, rising together. I, I wish that I had learned that earlier in my career, quite frankly, but I'm committed now, now that I've unlocked that, um, to just spending a lot more time nurturing my peer network and being in the community rather than searching for that, you know, one mentor. Okay. So, do you have uh, do you have time for a few questions while we keep it going? If we bring some up in the middle, yeah, absolutely. And I want to say hi to so many friendly, <laughs> awesome friends of mine who are in the audience here. That uh, um, I'm just so delighted to be seeing. I guess their avatars and photos. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so amazing. You know, we've been we've been doing these spaces now for for a, a considerable amount of time. And the uh, it's amazing to notice how the the PFPs and the avatars have have gone from you know it used to be many people and now it's just different profile pictures of different NFTs and it's it's been a trend I've noticed for months and months and it's it's amazing I mean I started doing these and it was my real photo and now I always do these as a PFP and yeah so if you if you have some of your friends listening and they want to come up by sure. Uh, all means, please request. Let's let's get one request uh, up at least now uh, for a question, and then I want to dive into NFTs because you know I did hear your most recent podcast you were on with Pomp, and you said some really funny things. So I did want to get into that, but first, let's go to AB. AB, welcome to uh, Investor Lisa Conversation. Do you have a question? Yes, hi. I'm so happy to be here. I'm Ash. I'm from Sydney, and I'm super new to the crypto and NFT space, and really trying to immerse myself in resources and meet people like me. I guess as a starting point, how do you, and you might have answered this before, but I did join late, how do you look at NFTs and communities to invest in as a new starter where you only have a certain amount of capital? Is it the team? Is it the vision? Is it the roadmap? How would you guide um, someone like me that has a very limited amount of capital to spot high value projects to invest in? It's a great question. And honestly, the fact that you're asking that question, I think, makes you an OG in the space. So congratulations. Thank Um, you. I mean, first of all, I just want to say it's really okay to go slow in the beginning. Um, 
I think I did not buy an NFT for two months after entering the space, which, you know, might sound crazy, but uh, it's really overwhelming when you enter the space. There's so many projects. There's so much FOMO when people just shouting about things. But the other thing is that it just takes time to understand um what the different communities stand for. There's a lot of people that are shouting and it's hard to understand, you know, who's getting paid to shill projects and why people are talking about things. And so um, I just spent a lot of time doing exactly what you're doing, listening, learning to people, getting on Zooms with people. And then finally, when I felt like I really um, understood and believed in a few of the communities, only then did I buy my first NFT? So uh, I just want to say that it's really okay to go slow. Don't let anyone rush you into a faster journey in this space than you feel like you want to have. And um, I, I think it's, you know, go at your own pace and find the communities that you really resonate with. Thank you. That's really good advice. And the piece about FOMO really resonates with me because there's a lot of shouting at the moment. And I, yeah, I need to learn a bit more about it before I can feel comfortable investing. Thank you, AB. Great question. Um, and thanks for joining us from Australia. Questions. And, and, and I mean, and just to follow up on what Randy is saying, you know, take it at your own pace. Listening is always a, a great move. And then when you feel comfortable, uh, you know, then you act, you know, activate and uh, recognize the opportunity when it and when it, it fits for you. So uh, you know, continued uh, you know enjoyment in your journey of uh, NFTs and Web three. And now we have uh, Maria. Thanks for being here, Maria. Hey, Michael. Hey, Randy. Hey, Danny. Um, I'm Maria. I'm from the Dominican Republic. I just graduated from college in Colorado Art School, to be specific. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, Randy, how can I get my my female friends to believe in this space because I can see the pot the potential um, as you were talking about like the Renaissance I they all love art history and I'm trying to tell them to open your eyes you know but it's so so new to them that they don't want to try it so how could how would I motivate them. Well, first of all, Maria, I want to welcome you to the space and congratulate you on being here and for pursuing your dreams and passions. Um, I uh, had a huge passion my whole life as an artist to be a singer and a performer. And, um, you know, unfortunately, in my generation, it was common belief that you couldn't really make money from your art. And so uh, a lot of us who had passions of being artists turned away from those yes. passions. And so um, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is seeing this new generation that's graduating, understanding that you can be an artist and an honor. And I think that's what makes Web3 most special. So first of all, I think as soon as your friends see you making money, they're all <laughs> going to that they joined you at the start of Web3. Um, but I, I, you know, I think... Um, a lot of women, especially, they, they're they skeptical. They think, you know, they're, they immediately go to that place of why are people spending $30,000 on a JPEG? And they don't understand that it's about community and identity and belonging and all those things that women love to do and that wow. uh, women do so naturally outside of, of the internet. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, as if you can help 
show your friends that side of Web3 and how welcoming the women are here, how, you know, how we, we have our arms stretched open for newcomers. I think that will help sway a lot of people. But you getting really, really rich will sway them the most. That was beautiful. And honestly, I'm here because this is my purpose. It's not really about the money. I've been doing this world since forever. It's it never it, but it was never concrete. You know, now it's like the NFT world is giving it's It makes sense now, you know. Absolutely. Well, I, for one, can't wait to see what you create in this space. And uh, I really hope that you'll keep me posted as as you launch your own art. Thank you so much, Randy. You know, I just wanted to say one more thing in there uh, to add to Randy is like money definitely talks. Like, you can't deny that. Uh, but for me, it was initially it was the, you know, oh, what are these? But then if you scratch under the surface, the backbone of NFTs is the authentication and the irrefutable contract that uh, holds on the blockchain. The the potential of something like that is massive. And once you realize that, you realize just how early we actually are that they're not just JPEGs, but the the evolution of all of these things that can happen is almost limitless. So I'm not sure if that would help as well. Absolutely. Although, Danny, I have to say, I tried to explain to someone who was like, oh, you're buying a JPEG. And then I was like, well, actually, you're not even really getting the JPEG. You're getting a receipt that you bought a JPEG. And then that didn't go over very well with newcomers and beginners. So I, I you know, backed away slowly from the receipt analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, and and honestly, I'm definitely in the minority here. When when Mike and I started these these uh, podcasts, majority with having my PFP, it's just like a photo. Now I'm definitely in the minority. I know I am, but it's almost kind of like a. I feel like a boomer at this point, but that's okay. We'll. No, I'll digress I on that. <laughs> I like to know what people actually look like. Um, I feel very lucky. My um, my NFT that I'm showing off is a custom one that was made for me from Rebel Society. So it is sort of, uh, you can sort of get a, a glimpse for, for what I, I look like. But uh, to a funny story that I heard, I recently went with one of the NFT collections that I'm advising. I went with them to a major event in real life. And uh, the venue panicked the day before they were like why are all these cartoon dogs and cats tweeting at us like they just had no idea that people in the web3 world like use their nft avatars as their thing and they they were like what is going on i thought this was like a real business event that we're putting on together and so it was a it was a humorous kind of web2 meets web3 moment Love it. And thank you, Maria, for uh, the wonderful questions. It's been a pleasure to get to know you, Maria, a little bit over the last uh, period of time in our morning show. Um, let's take one more community question uh, before we get back into some of the questions that I have. Uh, and, and let's go to Willow. Thanks for being here, Willow. Hi, thank you so much. And so surreal to be hearing your voice, Randy. And thank you for the opportunity, Michael and Danny, uh, to be able to have this conversation with you all. Um, so I joined the space th about three months ago, and I just wanted to add on a bit to what AB's question was about. So I joined the community, uh, the NFT space three months ago, got scammed my first time, 
And that's how, you know, it's like you really have to take it slow and, you know, really focus on, for my tip is that to focus on communities that have an organic growth, just like Meta Angels, uh, BFF, Wild Pixies, and then just answer, uh, be able to have the courage to ask any questions in a solidified community like, wow, uh, Boss Beauties, that's a good place to start with. And my question is, Randy, for women like us who who are building who are building the courage to kind of establish our space here and be able to speak here, um, what other advice do you have to 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 establish our transitioning here in other communities and to be able to participate as a team role in in other projects that you be uh, involved in? Oh, it's such a great question. And um, I can tell that you're going to do fantastically in Web3 because you came to from a beautiful place of like how you can give back to the community and and them. And uh, that's all you can always tell when someone's just going to knock it out of the ballpark in Web3 when they come with that open heart and that giving spirit. And judging from the the projects you mentioned that you have your eye on, I think you have really good taste. Uh, so just keep going. But, um, you know, I, I think that um, I always recommend to people who are new-ish to the space to pick a few communities and just get really involved and go really deep. Like, for example, you mentioned Meta Angel and uh, they were getting ready for their mint that's happening right now. And there were all these opportunities. They were looking for volunteers in the Discord to help with, you know, QA testing and to um, help onboard and help desk people. And those are great opportunities to raise your hand, to get more involved with the community, you'll probably network in a really meaningful way and meet other people. And often you'll get some free NFT drops and and things like that out of doing that work too. So um, I would say uh, that's a great place if you've, you know, once you feel that you have enough competency and knowledge in the space, like you get over the beginner uh, learning curve and you're ready to get a little deeper, picking one or two communities to go super deep with is I think a great way to go. Yeah, th- thank you for joining us, Willow, and, and great question. Um, and, and I would echo exactly, you know, pick a few communities that, you know, you've listened to and that you feel like you can dive into and really, um, you know, participate actively in those. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, Randy, the Discord. I've I've been, uh, I, I look at Discord as just complete chaos. It's, uh, I don't know how people are able to manage being in the different hundred communities. And it's a, it's an interesting time in the NFT space specifically because it's a lot of these uh, Discord grinding is what they're calling it now to try to get these allow list spots to, to mint different projects. And it's just, it is a wild time to be involved. Uh, Willow said something that she joined the, the space and, and got rubbed. Uh, like in the first project. And so I was going to ask this later, but I mean, Randy, have you been in any projects where you were rugged? Luckily, I haven't, but it's probably because I didn't make an investment for two months when I was in the space, even though a lot of people were pressuring me to do so. Um, But uh, I have been really close to being hacked uh, and to being scammed a few times. And even though, you know, I've been in the tech world for such a long time, I'm very savvy to these things. I'm constantly alerting other people. Even I have been on the brink uh, of scams several times myself. So, um, you know, it's really dangerous out there. You know, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I really hope everyone here has a hard wallet 
that they're using. I really hope that everyone here is using extra layers of um, of security and privacy, that no one has their seed phrases stored like in a screenshot in their phone, just things like that, you know, are, are all things that you think won't happen to you. And then you go through public airport Wi-Fi and it does happen to you. And I, it just, it so bums me out when I see especially women have such a bad experience like that with the space and then they turn away from it forever. I mean, it is, it is the wild west. It is really hard out there, but the people who survive this time period uh, stand to really, really reap the gains in the future. So stay safe out there. And if you do think that there's a chance of a rug or a scam or anything, always, you know, ask a few people you trust to help you vet a project. Yeah, um, that's great advice. And I think if you you take that and, and with some of what you said earlier around being patient and going at your own speed, you have a better chance of uh, making sure that that doesn't happen to you as likely. All right. So I said earlier, I heard your recent podcast you did with uh, Pomp. Uh, listen to it regularly. So to see you appear on that show just right before appearing with us was was awesome. I listened and it's funny because you said something about uh, and you said it here again, where you talked about the last two years, uh, you know, and you have three young kids in a global pandemic. You said basically yesterday on his podcast that it left a void in your soul that could only be filling JPEGs. That was amazing. <laughs> Well, I was just trying to like be real because I, he was like, he's like, you know, did you have this like, like brilliant insight to get into the NFT space early? And I was just like, listen, like, I'm just going to be real with you. Like I like was doing a lot of online shopping in the pandemic because it was filling this void in my soul of like two shitty years. And then I ran out of room for things from online shopping and realized that like JPEGs don't take up any room. And then and it filled the same void in my soul. And then I was like, cool, this NFT thing is really fun. So it was, uh, you know, it was just kind of a real talk moment. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I like I actually did just like they did. I laughed out loud and I was, uh, you know, by myself. I was like, that's amazing. Um, you also said that there was like, how do you know, like when your friends are getting into it or people that uh, know? And you said that there's a telltale signs of your friends, go, you know, falling down the rabbit hole uh, of NFTs. And there's like a signal. So what are some of those signals of friends falling down that rabbit hole? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, undoubtedly for the last six months, everyone in my life thought that I lost my goddamn mind. Like they were just like, it happened. Like we knew it would happen eventually. Poor Randy finally went off the deep end. Like COVID, you know, really got her bad. Um, but then, you know, now it's funny now, like, you know, I'll get kind of a tweet or a message or a DM from someone asking about a project or asking about some reference tools to get into the space. And I always know when I get that first kind of leaning in message from someone that by three weeks from then, that person is going to be a complete degenerate who's just texting me 40 times a day asking for help getting on like pre-mint lists and all kinds of things and discords. And so it's very funny to track people from skepticism to like the first moment of leaning in to like then $50,000 later spent on JPEGs. 
full, full capitulation. <laughs> yeah, full, like full, full in. And then I'm just like, cool, like hop aboard the crazy train. We don't know where it's going, but there's a lot of fun people on it. So, uh, you know, I'm like, a few decades from now, we're going to be talking to our, our grandkids and we're going to say like, hey, remember in like 2021, 2022, when people were spending like billions of dollars on JPEGs, like we're either going to look super smart telling our grandkids about it or we're going to be like, yeah, we we were at the front of that. Oops. But like either way, how fun, you know, how fun to to not miss being a part of something. We're gonna we're gonna be heroes or zeros and pretty exactly. much nothing in between. <laughs> exactly. There's no there is no middle ground, guys. Like there's just we're we're either gonna look like complete superstars or we're gonna be like, yeah, we we, <laughs> we don't talk about those few years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Randy, I, I want to say uh, thank you for for coming on to uh, Palm's podcast as like a good warm up before you come on to the Ultimate Alpha podcast, which is a conversation <laughs> no. with. I appreciate oh, that. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I've been so excited to the show and, uh, and meet both of you. And it was fun. You know, I have to say, um, I, Pomp's podcast was a good warm up because I was like, can I roll with the crypto bros? I was like, typically, I'm very like rah, rah, women space. And I was like, this is going to be a good exercise. Can I pass the crypto bro test? And uh, so it was it was a lot of fun. And I have to say, I've been really delighted even by how welcoming men are of women in the space and how supportive. And so um, it's been a, a really wonderful surprise for me. Well, I think it's pretty unique because it's something that we're all learning from all different backgrounds. Like you can be, you know, a computer scientist and you still have to kind of retrain yourself to uh, to learn it. But I, I do have a question for you in regards of your your evolution in the NFT space. You, I think you said recently, I, I heard I heard you say it was like, oh, first I'm going to be an investor. And now it's like become like a full trading kind of spectrum. And you have hundreds of NFTs and you're just not day trading them, but, uh, you know, trading them in and out. Like how how has it kind of evolved over the past short uh, six months? I'm literally a degenerate. It's like all I talk about. I think on Pomp's podcast that the other night we went around the dinner table and everyone said what they were thankful for. And my seven-year-old was like, I'm thankful for Ethereum. And everyone just glared at me. And I was like, yeah, that was either my worst or best parenting moment. I'm not quite sure, maybe somewhere in between or both at the same time. But, um, you know, it's interesting because when I got into the space, I thought of myself as a collector. Um, I've always loved art. And so I thought, I'm going to go into the space. I'm going to collect art and I'm going to, um, you know, be more of an investor in the space. And what I ended up finding myself doing was really being more of a mentor and an advisor um, because I have been on those front lines of Web2. I know what it's like to be uh, starting a startup and, and drinking from the fire hose and, and that adrenaline rush. On the other hand, I've also been an artist. I've also um, been an actress. I've been a producer. And so I, I found myself in this unique position of being able to understand both the tech and the art 
side of NFTs at the same time, which not many people uh, have dabbled in both of those worlds before. And so um, I found myself playing a role more advice, a lot of startups, um, cheerleading for women in the space and being, I guess, like the mama bear of, of the women led NFT space. And that's been a really fun and very, very meaningful thing for me. So I'm, I'm delighted by, by my own evolution in the space. I love it. And just like your willingness to learn after you've, you, you know, so much and then, you know, your willingness to learn and continue. But I, I do want to follow up with that. Have your kids given you any alpha drops on NFTs? And you're like, oh, man, I got one. But thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, my, you know, my son came home from school the other day and he's like, mom, do you have a crypto punk? And I was like, I was like, okay, you're seven. First of all, like, how do you even know what a crypto punk is? And then I was like, also, like, no, I don't stop judging me like seven year old. I'm sorry that I'm sorry, like your mom's not cool enough to have a crypto punk. Um, I'm just going to go cry in my room for a little bit. But um, it's it's pretty fun that, uh, you know, to now be able to have conversations with my kids about NFTs. We actually at a lunch this weekend, I was, we were sitting at the kitchen table and I had one of my sons on Rarity Tools, the other one on OpenSea. And I was like, all right, guys, we're buying a Boss Beauty right now. Like by the end of this lunch, we're buying one. And so I need you to help me figure out exactly which one we're going to buy. And I literally had them just like calculating numbers and looking at rarity tools and we ended up picking one as a family and so it's been, it, it's really fun uh, and that's the kind of education and investing that I wish that I had when I was in school and I wish that that people had taught me instead of just like the theory of macroeconomics it's amazing thinking uh, you know how young now with the kids and they could get started and they know about crypto punks and, and so I guess my question just right off the cuff, like hearing you talk about your three kids and obviously they're varied in ages, do any of them have their own wallets yet? And what are your thoughts around like when you think that they should? You know, they don't have their own wallet, but my oldest son, who's in middle school, he did ask for Bitcoin for the holidays, which was really smart. And so I actually had my parents set up uh, a custodial wallet for him. And now that's become a fun activity that he and his grandfather do together to kind of look at how, how Bitcoin's doing and talk about it. And um, so, you know, I'm not quite, uh, I, I don't think they're quite ready to have have their own uh, NFT wallet or crypto wallet. I mean, I feel like I'm barely ready to have one. I, I'm like always on the verge, I feel like, of losing all my money into the air. Um, but I'm really excited that they're showing an interest in crypto and at least using it as an opportunity to learn. I don't know. What, what about what do you think? What's what's the uh, right age? I, you know, I listen, I, I, to be fair, I don't have kids yet, but um, one, I did see, you know, you partnered with OKCoin. You had your, I believe your daughter was in the in the video that you shot there. That was awesome. Thank you. That was so fun. Uh, uh, you know, I, there are a lot of awesome crypto wallets and exchanges out there. But one thing I will say for OKCoin is that it's the only female CEO of a global exchange in crypto and which is so badass and that is the reason that i decided to work with them because i 
it's all about just like putting my heart and my time and my money where my mouth is. And I really respect how difficult it must be to be a female CEO in of a global exchange in that world. And so um, I, they have a real vision around getting crypto to be 50% female investors over the next years. And that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how far we can get. No, I, I love that. And and just to follow up, I, I don't know what the right answer is, but it's one of those things I think that if you have kids and you start to think about the space as it continues, it's an interesting kind of conversation to have. When will the, you know, the, the, the youth and the kids start to have their own, uh, you know, wallets and have more control? Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad even. It's just something to think about. It just got me thinking when you, uh, you know, you're talking about the kids and they have the NFTs or they're getting Ethereum and it's, uh, you know, it's amazing. I mean, it, it just show, it goes to show you how this is all evolving from, you know, Web 2 to Web 3. And, and all, you know, we don't have the answers because the answers aren't known yet. But we're uh, we're going to we're going to figure them out, I think, together, which is the beautiful thing as a community. Absolutely. And that's why I just I love being part of this community and part of, you know, everyone's learning and growing together. It's so beautiful. And it's, you know, it's the most collaborative community I've ever been a part of. You know, again, I think I was part of that generation of women who were taught to compete with other women and were taught that it was a zero sum game. You know, if she wins, you fail. There's only room for one of you at the table. And uh, I've found myself unlearn a lot of that uh, entering the Web3 world and, and retraining myself for this new collaborative community. And so it's been a, a really rewarding process to do that. Yeah, that's great. And I, I got to say, I mean, the, just listening to you here, seeing some of the stuff that I've, I've seen from you, the authenticity and, and uh, you know, you're a great advocate for for not only the community, but for women specifically. And uh, it's exciting to, to have you here for the conversation today, but to, to continue to watch and track the journey um, you know, of, of you and, and, and the space. But we talked about NFTs, Randy, and I haven't at least heard from you yet. Do you have a favorite NFT or a best NFT purchase, let's say? Oh my gosh, no, you can't ask me that. That's like asking me to choose between my children. I love all my <laughs> I know, but it, it wouldn't be fair for me to host this space without asking you the question. I okay, well, um, one, I, I will say that... Um, one of the most exciting communities that I'm, I think is the on-chain monkey community. Um, I first got introduced to them uh, in September. Um, at that time, it was really one of the rare communities that had a female founder. Um, now it's become much more prevalent to have a woman on the founding team, but that was one of the rare NFT collections that did, started by all these OGs. And um, I was just so in love with their mission around social good and pairing artists and causes around the world. And so um, that was one of the first NFT that I purchased. And um, it's been really awesome to see how that community has evolved over time. So, you know, I have so many favorites. That's one of many, but um, I, that's been a really exciting community to be a part of. I love it. And, and uh, you know, I guess I, I'm sorry for asking that question, but I feel like I had to. Um, but let's, let's, we have a lot of people that want I'm sharing the community. I brought up Izzy. Izzy, welcome to uh, a conversation with. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I just have a bit of a question. So I actually have my own NFT project um, called The Kindness Project. And it's been absolutely amazing. And there are some absolutely amazing people in my community. But 
sometimes I do find that it's a bit difficult to deal with some men in the community because they don't approach it quite the same as I would and there is still like judgment and they sort of don't really understand that I am also capable of knowing about NFTs like they do so I was just wondering if you had any advice with like dealing with people that sort of treat you like that even when you are as well versed and educated as they are you know Izzy if you figured out tell me because I was on a call yesterday where some up where a guy mansplained what nfts were to me for half an hour and I was like um hi like have you checked out my twitter feed ever before we had this call like maybe um maybe do your research a little bit so if you figure out the answer on how to deal with that i would love for you to educate me i wish i had a, a better response honestly don't worry i understand the struggle it's just a constant nightmare trying to navigate through and making sure that people understand like i run my own project i know what i'm doing a hundred percent. But, you know, I think the right people around you um, will get it. And so, you know, I'm always having to remind myself, like, don't don't focus on that one hater or that one person that treats you that way. Focus on the 99 percent of people who show up for you and who are there. And for some reason, the human brain always goes to that one hater in the corner. Um, but I mean, you, you know, having your own project, I'm sure you have so many incredible people who are showing up for you and believing in you and so uh, you know just try to refocus your energy to them thank you izzy I, you know i'm not the one that can explain it but obviously i think just in general you're always going to come across people in any industry any space and i guess specifically even here obviously on twitter that you know are not going to connect with you or, or think they know everything or, or not give you the time of the day and and so you know obviously continued success with your project and uh you know hopefully i can follow it and uh get to know more about it myself so uh thanks for the question let's go to shadow chasers shadow chasers thank you for being here thank you for having me up i appreciate it i uh i was just laughing really hard randy when you were saying that the guy mansplained to you nfts for a half hour it's like you have the dot eth address that's all you got to see and you should know that she's into nfts but um yeah <laughs> Thank you so much for some people. Oh, I, I know. Like if, if he was in NFTs, he would know you were by the dot ETH. Um, but, you know, I digress. Um, I know for a fact, Michael is really big into women in NFTs and I am as well. And I was actually in a woman's space maybe a month ago. And this, this woman was describing that you bought one of her one of one pieces and she was just beyond happy. It was, I think it was in real time, actually. And uh, so I wanted to know, like, besides the PFPs, like, how do you approach like one-on-one artists? Um, are you more of a collector there? Or do you look for anything particular for an investment uh, along those lines? Oh, that's a great question. And actually, one of my favorite one-of-one -one artists, uh, Yoko Fomo, is in the audience here. So hi, Yoko. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny. I actually got into one-of-ones because um, I got challenged in a Twitter spaces like this early on to push my boundaries beyond just the PFP collections. I think PFP collections are really where, you know, they're such a great entry point. 
into NFTs. And so um, I, I in turn, turn around and recommend those types of projects to new into the space also, because having those communities and those membership cards really make the value of NFTs click for beginners. Um, but then I got challenged in a Twitter spaces to really push my own boundaries and to start investing in one-on-one -on -one artists and look at photography and look at music and different types of, of art. And that was a, a huge wake-up call to me to really um, think of all the different uses for NFTs. And since then, I've become a huge one-on-one -on -one collector. Um, I uh, was a, a collector of Serana Hayata's work uh, even before she became the artist for the Meta Angels project that I was advising. And uh, that's really exciting when you can own a one of one of an artist who then goes on to do a popular PFP collection because the, those one of one arts that you have are probably going to be extremely valuable and uh, and really special. So um, it's really exciting for me. There, I can't think of another industry where you could collect someone's art and then like have a direct Twitter conversation with that artist in real time that you're collecting and have that relationship. Um, and that, I mean, I, it's, it's just the most special thing as a collector and investor. So I've been loving it. And if you see any great one of one pieces, please uh, share them with me. I always love new artists and new mediums. Absolutely. And th thank you so much for answering the question. And I just want to give you a, uh, a compliment on when I saw you were advising the uh, Meta Angels. It was such a cool thing to see. Alex and Alyssa's um, Allison's story is very unique one and a very awesome one. So I'm uh, I was happy to see you in that project and thank you for your time. I greatly greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a great team and I really appreciate so many of you um, here and in the community supporting that team and that project. Thank you. Thank you, Shadow Chasers. And you may notice he has the same PFP as me, but, but for everyone. Yeah, which of you which of you is the unique actual well, receipt holder of the PFP? Well, I've been asking you the same thing, but I think we know because you're part of the hex. We can see it. So we know the verified ones and we know <laughs> who is not. That's a story. It's my birthday this morning, everybody in our space. And it was very fun. It was quite the celebration. It was very unique, Shadow Chasers. We appreciate it. Okay, um, that's awesome. Happy birthday. Wait, now I, now I want to steal your PFP also. <laughs> no, I mean, imagine looking at an entire space where everyone has it. It was something to be seen. I can't believe it. And Shadow Chasers, you produced it all. So thank you. To, thank you. But enough. I digress. It's not about me. We do have Wanderella and hopefully not Rug. So Wanderella, you want to give it a shot? Hi, everyone. Uh, Hi there. Oh, my God. Sorry, I couldn't talk earlier for some reason. Like Twitter just didn't let me talk. Um, <laughs> okay. Hi, Michael, Danny, and Randy. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my name is Kira, and I'm a UX designer at Google in Seattle. Uh, so I recently launched a women empowerment NFT. It's called Wanderella. Basically, the goal is to you know hire and empower more women to join the NFT space, and we also like donate to other women-focused charities, uh, you know, like the Malala Fund. Uh, so my question to Randy is like, if you can give one advice to women who have started their own NFT project, what would it be? Like, do you have any advice to like build a community and like keep a project going? Oh well, first of all, congratulations. Um, 
it's really an incredible accomplishment to launch a project. I am um, having been uh, on this side now with Meta Angels. I, I can really appreciate all the hard work that goes into uh, building a community and launching. And I guess that it goes going back to that. How I would answer your question is. Um, in a lot of ways, it's like what I experienced writing books. I've written a few books, and I think a lot of people believe that the hard work is is the writing of the book, but actually that's the easiest part. The hardest part is once you've written the book, like how do you get other people to be excited about it? How do you keep it topical and top of mind? How do you build a community around it? Um, and so my advice is, you know, for people who are having their own collection is think about it like a book launch and start thinking about the community and the marketing plan and all of that as early as possible because I see a lot of people wait till the end. They work on their art and then they get to the launch date or the mint date and then they start frantically focusing on community and marketing and influencers. Um, and the earlier you can start with that, the better. So, uh, you know, I think we're all learning best practices in this space together, but the more you can focus on community, the better off you'll be. Th thank you, Wanderell. I'm glad we could get you in there and uh, you didn't get rugged the second time. Let's go one more question. Kuaka uh, Community, you're up here. Do you have a question for Randy? Um, yeah, hi, Ron, Michael, Danny, and Randy. Um, yeah, thank you for having me here. Um, I just wanted to you know, touch on the um, topic about children and NFTs. So um, I just want to introduce myself first. And um, I'm Indigai and I'm an 11-year-old programmer and artist. <clears throat> Recently, in November 21, I founded my own project um, for Quokka's Quokka community. And so, um, because, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, introducing children to NFTs, I actually um, wanted to share about an article I wrote with my dad, and it's about um, introducing kids to NFTs from you know my perspective and experience since creating this project and yeah, it's on my profile as well but um yeah it's just something to touch on that very cool that well, is I, so cool and i want to i mean I, i'm definitely going to check out your project and the articles that you wrote that's incredibly inspiring and congratulations yeah, and, and I gave you a follow so we can try to follow up on that. That's that's an, that's very exciting. I saw you were 11 years old. I wanted to give you a chance to get up here. Good for you for coming up, to, you know, on the stage in a room full of adults and, and speaking up. That's so awesome. And I, I can't wait to work for you someday in the future. Thank you for being here. That's that's a great way to wrap up community questions. I know there's more of you that wanted to get you in, but Danny has a, just a couple, uh, you know, really quick hitters. Go for it, Danny. Rapid fire. Are you ready, Randy? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. What is one thing you do in your daily routine that has contributed to your success? I wake up every morning and snuggle with my two-year-old daughter and it starts the day on just the best note of like not looking at my phone, not doing anything, just like starting the day with love. I love that. That's actually great. Uh, what is uh, the number one thing on your bucket list that you have yet to do? Um, I really want to sing the national anthem at a sports game. That would be a huge, I mean, it probably wouldn't be that enjoyable for the people in the stands that day, but that is a, a huge thing on my bucket list. Any particular game or event? Yeah, a Yankees game in particular. 
Very nice. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe it like a World Series or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Again, I, that would not be so nice to all the people that were at the game, but it would be awesome for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And this, you can make this as short or long as you want, but uh, how much influence did you have? I, I feel like you had to have some influence on the name change from Facebook to Meta. No, none. I, I learned about it same same as everyone else. Really? Okay. Yeah. I right. you know, I try I try very hard to be my own person in the space with my own uh, you know, carve my own path and do my own thing. So I my my hope is that the my fellow citizens of Web three will will see me for that in my own lane. No, of course, and we definitely see you for your. I mean, you, what you've accomplished in in so many things throughout your years is uh, is pretty astonishing. But I have one last question here. At the end of a long week, what's your go to drink? Oh, vodka, anything. But that's like not even at the end of a long week. That's like ten a.m. <laughs> like I don't know. Is that the the end of a long week? It's like Monday, ten a.m. No, um, Tito's in particular, like a Tito soda. We'd like to thank Randy Zuckerberg and the community for a great conversation. To stay informed of our community-driven podcasts and receive our insightful weekly newsletter, subscribe at investorly.substack.com. Investorly, empowering you to invest early in yourself.